Greetings, my friends, and welcome to Do the Hard Thing, episode 24. This is Jason Archer, creator, freedom seeker, leader of self, full-time student, and part-time teacher of self-mastery, and today is all about success, at least Joseph Murphy's definition of success. So the goal, as always, is to dive deeper into how we humans can more effectively move toward the outcomes we want to create. And of course, usually this means getting uncomfortable and doing hard things. So turn up the volume, put down the distractions, and let's kick this off. Now, you know you're in the right place if you've ever started down a path to create something meaningful in your life and for whatever reason found yourself not moving toward the outcome you claim to want, like there's a part of you that simply refuses to move. If that's you, then this is the podcast for you. Do the Hard Thing is an exploration in human movement. So today we're going to start off with a very old, old book, actually. I guess it's not that old, but by modern standards, it's very old. A book from the 60s, actually. I believe it was written in 1963 by a man named Joseph Murphy. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the concepts that he brings forth in the book because they're super valuable and super relevant to what's going on in today's world. But as always, we're going to start off with a few meaningful words from the book, from the man himself. Dr. Joseph Murphy says, You must make certain to give your subconscious only suggestions which heal, bless, elevate, and inspire you in all your ways. Remember that your subconscious mind cannot take a joke. It takes you at your word. So this is a reference to what we're understanding more and more of about the conscious mind, subconscious mind, I should say. It doesn't have a filter. So if you're throwing the wrong seeds into that fertile ground, you're going to get something that you don't want to have happen. So this quote is a direct representation of that. And this has been echoed by many of the master teachers throughout time and history. And I think it's funny because going into reading this book, you know, my wife brought it home. She picked it up at the bookstore and said, you know, this book looks really interesting to me. I think I want to grab it. And I I looked at the publication date and it said 1963. I'm like, eh, you know, what the hell is, you know, this, you know, there's really not going to be anything here. This is from, you know. 1963 by a guy we've never heard of, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I was very wrong about that. Um, Dr. Murphy was a very insightful man, and he wrote many, many, many books. The book that uh, we're going to be taking some of the concepts from today is called The Power of the Subconscious Mind, or The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, I should say. And um, this is one of, of, like I said, many of a slew of books that he'd written And he was a man who actually got his doctorate in psychology later in life. So I think with his experience and the time in which he lived, he saw a lot and did a lot and was able to synthesize some ideas that maybe were new at the time um, and perhaps other people hadn't necessarily thought of. So he's a very interesting character in that way. But one of the things that's fascinating to me about these older books, especially um, one like this one, is that the more we tend to learn about, you know, the science of what's happening inside the brain. And I'm going to use this, the word brain and the word mind very differently. So um, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about what mind is. And mind is the resulting, the result of the activity of the brain. So when we're starting to look at what's happening in the mind, what we're really saying is what's happening chemically and physiologically with the brain. 
And more and more of the studies that are coming out on the brain itself and what it, what the brain chemicals result in creating have been validated by the masters. Or I guess I should say are validating the masters, validating the old teachers rather than contradicting them in most cases. And you can look at that and say, well, you know, science is finally catching up and has the ability to see things we never saw before with, you know, fMRI machines, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth, which there's a lot of truth to that. But there's also just the wisdom of experience. You know, over thousands of years of human history, there have been people who've been good observers. And those people who've been good observers, I think, have been, you know, very capable of sort of bridging the gap between what people understood to be true and what was actually happening inside their heads and causing their sort of beingness, their way of life, their, you know, their um, outward results to show up in the world. And I think Joseph Murphy is the benefactor of one of those, um, you know, long lines of wisdom, if you will. So to be honest with you, this book surprised me. Um, and I've had the great joy of having my wife actually read this book to me uh, in bed on several occasions. Just this morning, she, she read a chapter to me and it impacted me because of its simplicity and its efficacy uh, and synthesis of a lot of the other concepts that I've come in contact with through a lot of other master teachers. So without further ado, let's talk a little bit about what Joseph Murphy's definition of success is. So inside chapter 11, he says, success means successful living. A long period of peace, joy, and happiness on this plane may be termed success. The eternal experience of these qualities is the everlasting life spoken of by Jesus. The real things of life, such as peace, harmony, integrity, security, and happiness, are intangible. They come from the deep self of man. Meditating on these qualities builds these treasures of heaven in our subconscious. It is where moth and rust do not consume and where thieves do not break through and steal. And that's a verse from uh, Matthew 6.20. So he's telling us right here that success may be more than what we've defined it in the modern world. I can't tell you, you know, how many times I flip on Instagram. Obviously, I'm on there regularly. I write a daily post. For those of you guys who are interested in picking up the daily post, uh, go ahead and check out j.c.archer on Instagram. And uh, give me a follow and let me know what you think of some of the content there. But I'm on there a lot. I'm writing a lot. And then I syndicate that over to Facebook. I'm less active on Facebook. But at the end of the day, what I see is, you know, people, these young people or, or um, successful people, no matter their age, posing beside stuff or posing beside women or posing beside things like possessions, right? It's all about the externality. And Joseph is reminding us here that real success is an inside job, right? Real success is a manifestation of all the good things that we carry inside us and bringing those into the world. So when he's talking about peace and joy and happiness, these are experiences, right? You experience peace by not being at war. You experience joy by putting yourself in a place to consume or to have people in your life that help create the situation that you're enjoying. Same thing with happiness, right? He's calling this success. And I tend to think that this is the definition that I want to operate with the more I, you know, sort of go through this book and the more I, you know, sort of gravitate toward 
or I should say gravitate away from some of the BS, you know, sort of the facade fake horseshit that I see all over social media. So with that in mind, it's one of these things where there's a tendency to be fooled by all of this media because we see it all the time, right? So there's this idea that uh, there's a bias created inside the psychology of humans when we're bombarded with information. You know, it's much easier to believe the side of the story of the person who tells you their side first than it is to believe the side of the story who tells you their side of the story second. And what's happening right now is the first story we're getting is material, 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 material. Now, someone else comes along and says, well, it's not about that. Or maybe it shouldn't be about that. Maybe it should be, you know, a broader sort of a definition to include the experiences that you that you hold dear, the emotions that you hold dear around things that matter, like integrity, peace, happiness, joy, that sort of thing. So it's it's almost like a complete dichotomy between, you know, what what is is happening today and what you know, Dr. Murphy is talking about inside his books. So I think my takeaway from this, and I think what would be most valuable for all of us is to define success for ourselves. So for you, you know, if there's, uh, you know, if you want to be the fancy car guy and you want to run out and you want to buy a Lamborghini, cool, nothing wrong with that, right? Maybe that's a way of you creating joy. The question is, is it lasting joy? Well, if you're a car guy, maybe it is, you know? If you're a car guy and you get your dream car and you get to enjoy that and driving around and you get to, you know, pull up to a gas station where there's a bunch of kids and they've fallen all over it and you get to inspire them, right? Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Not one single thing, right? But if you're doing that, if you're buying the material things or consuming the material things to keep up with the Joneses, is that really going to make you happy, right? I think that's the question. That's the key sort of item at discussion here is what is the purpose of it all, right? What is the purpose of it all? So having peace, having joy, have experiences, you know, things that you carry with you throughout the course of your life, maybe that's success for you. Having things, maybe that's success for you. Maybe a combination therein is success for you. Who am I to judge? But I think at the end of the day, you know the purpose. You know the reason you own those things. Maybe you own those things to impress other people, right? Maybe you own those things because you love them and they bring joy to your life and to your family. And that's a completely different conversation. So it's something to think about. And I think it's very important that we define what success looks like for each one of us individually and then come back and look at how we're living our life and see if the two are in alignment. If they're not in alignment, then what the hell are we doing? Right? We're setting ourselves up for failure. And you see this a lot with within the context of I'll use celebrities because they're easy to pick on, right? So everyone knows Robin Williams. You know, this guy had it all. You know, he won awards for being funny. He won awards for being dramatic. He ran the gamut and at the end of the day had a family, had all the material wealth anyone could possibly want, and he hangs himself. Right? Why would he do that? right? Why would he do that if the things represented joy for him? So, you know, at the end of the day, I think probably there's a disconnect between what we think having it all looks like in terms of, you know, the material things versus fulfillment, joy, and meaning. 
and not. So no matter where you are on your path, you know, seeking purpose, meaning, seeking the depth behind the thing that you're doing, that the, the depth behind the action that you're taking, I think is much more important than having a material result. Because even if you are doing something that you don't necessarily get materially rewarded for in a grand way, if there's purpose and meaning behind that, you can sustain that activity for a lot of years. And you can think of, you know, the saints, right? You can think, you think of a person like a Mother Teresa or someone who sacrifices their life to make a statement like a Gandhi or a Mandela or somebody like that, right? They didn't get where they got by having no purpose, right? There was a great purpose and great meaning that they assigned their experience and other people were able to gravitate toward that and create a movement. So let's break it down a little bit further. So he goes on to say that there's three steps to success. So step one, let me see here. Okay, step one, love what you do. Right? Be in love with the thing that you're doing. I looked up from my work life this past year. And in one of my businesses, there was just some discontent around what people were making. There's some discontent around the way tasks were being divvied up, the amount of hours being put in, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. And it became a grind, right? It became a literal sort of, you know, kind of a pissing match about, well, I should get this and you should get that because I'm doing this and you're doing that and blah, 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 blah. So it, it became less about the mission that we were on for that business and more about, you know, sort of keeping track, this person keeping track of, of their role and keeping track of their hours and keeping track of this and measuring against their partnership distribution. And at the end of the day, you know, in a business, none of that matters. The business came together to, for a reason you know, and obviously it needs to make money to survive, but the greater purpose, what was the greater purpose? Well, losing sight of that created a lot of discontent. The joy went out of the window. So going into this year and working with the guys at Hardwater One, you know, Nate, Brianne, excuse me, Christina, you know, working with these guys, you know, one of the conversations that we had is we want what we're doing to be enjoyable, right? We don't want to spend a lot of time and energy and effort on something that has the potential to be great, but at the same time, it's just wearing us down physically and mentally. No, no, that's not what we want to do. We want to be joyful. We want to be happy. We want to be able to laugh. We want to have fun with what we're doing. But at the same time, you know, channel our energies toward a bigger result. But first has to come to love for the thing that we're doing and for one another. The second step in uh, Murphy's book is basically he recommends specializing. Okay, so... The way that I read this is that it's more important to go deep than it is to go wide. So now depending on your role and the thing that you want to create, going deep might mean that you go wide. And let me explain what I mean by that. So as an entrepreneur, you're going to wear a lot of hats, you know, so like as an entrepreneur, I wear the accounting hat, I wear the you know, dealing with people hat, I wear the prospecting hat, I wear the marketing hat, I wear a lot of different hats, and I have to know how each one of those functions of the business is performing. So going deep in the context of entrepreneurship, at least for me, means I have to know a variety of things. So by going deep, I am going wide at the same time, I'm covering a lot of ground. 
But in some professions, say for example, you want to be a lawyer or you want to be a doctor, you want to be a highly paid hourly employee, basically, right? Uh, you want to be an oral surgeon. You want to be somebody like that. Well, at the end of the day, going deep in that profession means that you need to know everything possible about that one specific skill, that one specific aspect of life, that one specific thing that you're doing to create mastery in and around your life. Going wide doesn't get you anywhere, right? Knowing a lot about, you know, or I'm sorry, knowing surface level information about a bunch of little random topics doesn't help you be a better dentist. It doesn't help you be you know, a better brain surgeon. It doesn't even help you dig better ditches, right? At the end of the day, you want to find ways to better yourself around what your particular love and focus is. So going deep means that you are the most knowledgeable person possible in that particular field, whatever field that you've chosen to be in. And lastly, and this is something that you hear a lot of, and I think a lot of people miss the point on what it actually represents and means. But basically what it comes down to is, I think he calls it kind of closing the circuit. Um, I'm not really sure what he meant by that. Again, this was written in the, in the 60s, early 60s, but he says the circle or complete circuit is not formed basically if you're not focused on what you can do for other people. So in a nutshell, Number three is to be outward focused. And so being outward focused is, is solving problems for other people. It's setting your own bullshit aside for the moment, setting your own problems aside, setting your own issues aside and focused and focusing in on what other people need, how you can serve other people, what you can do for others. And if you think about the great businesses around the world, they became great. If you think about the great people around the world, they became great because they provide a tremendous amount of value to a lot of people. Like it even applies to people like entertainers, right? Like you look at a Taylor Swift, for example, you know, someone who can fill an arena, right? And she can charge whatever she charges and make a few hundred thousand dollars, you know, in a night or over the course of a few nights by performing music or singing songs. Why? Well, because to the people who give her money, she's providing a tremendous amount of value. She's giving them an experience that they couldn't get somewhere else. And they're willing to pay through the nose to get it. Same thing with political leaders, you know, civil rights leaders, people who stand up and give other people a voice. That's valuable, right? And the legacy may not be money. The legacy may be some tremendous change, which is another form of success. Right. So when we're thinking about these great companies, like you think about a Microsoft or an Apple or even a, an old school company like a Standard Oil, all of these companies provided tremendous value to a lot of people in an affordable way. And because of that, because they were outward focused with their mission, they were able to reap tremendous benefit because they served the greatest number of people at one particular time. So to recap, we're talking about loving what you're doing. We're talking about going deep with the conversation around the thing that you want to create. And we're talking about being unselfish. It's not about you. It's about what you can do for other people. We're talking about being outward focused. So this all culminated for me, you know, as uh, wifey was reading this chapter to me and just symbolized 
you know, and crystallize the fact that this knowledge that we're studying, or I guess it's becoming popular today due to, you know, positive psychology has been around for a long period of time. It's just surprising that a book from the 60s is basically still relevant today in many, many ways. So I highly recommend you guys pick up this book. I'll drop a link, obviously, in the show notes. Um, And with that said, let's get on with the conclusion of the episode. So the hard truth for today is to remember this. Success is what you define it to be. And success without purpose will leave you empty. Remember, think of those celebs. I think we just lost, recently just lost another great one, Anthony Bourdain. Um, This guy was fantastic. Christina and I both uh, loved watching him. You know, the guy's on top of the world and ends up taking himself out. It's just hard to believe sometimes, right? But again, the meaning for him wasn't there. The purpose for him wasn't there. And that showed up in the efficacy or I guess in the ending, I should say, of his life. So today's question, guys, is simply this. You know, where in your life have you accepted someone else's definition of what success is? And how has it impacted your choices and shaped your life? So this is a big question, right? Like, Why do you do the things that you do? Is it to get a car, right? Is it to impress some girl? Is it to impress your friends and family? Is it to impress the guy down the street that made fun of you when you were a kid, but you really don't give a shit about him anymore? You just want to rub it in his face. Like, what is the real reason that you're doing what you're doing? What are your motives? What is your why? Once you've identified that, take a moment, right? Take a moment. You got to honor the work by doing and practicing, okay? Not by sitting on the knowledge, but take that change that you want to make and Put it on paper, right? Otherwise, what's the point? Take the change you want to make, put it on paper, and see if you can then put it into practice, right? After you've done that, you want to take a moment and define success for yourself, okay? Define success for yourself. So what's your definition of success? How has or how will this definition that you've created of success apply to you and your life going forward? What will be different because you've decided what success means for you, that you're letting go of the stories of other people, you're letting go of the material, if that doesn't apply to you, and you're seeking something more meaningful, more purposeful in your life, what does it look like? Really understand, and really understand that to make a change around that is a very courageous act. So take that and run with it. And remember, the hardest thing that we ever do as human beings is examine ourselves and find ways to let go of all the things that don't serve us right? If we've misplaced priorities on success, I mean, the worst thing we could do would be to double down in the wrong direction. So I want each and every person who hears this message to stand up for what you want your life to represent. Don't even think about looking back. So that's it for today, guys. Thanks for listening. And if you found value in this message, as always, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, or Stitcher. Be sure and share this out with those you want to invest in on social. And I'll see you guys back here in the next episode. Until then, this is Jason signing off. Now go and do the hard thing.